Three, two, one. Hello, and, and I'm welcome. Hello, and welcome to Garrett fucking with us. Welcome to the second episode of Hidden Doors and High Scores, a podcast where four dudes talk about games. I'm Austin. And I'm Garrett. I'm John. And I'm Chris. And today we're talking about It Takes Two, a wonderful co-op RPG platformer puzzle game. It's got elements of all those things by Hazelight Studios. came out in 2021, last year. It's got the great story. I think everyone would agree with that. The The two main characters that you play, a husband and wife, Cody and May, are getting a divorce. That's how the game starts. <laughs> hits, you, hits you hard right off the bat. And, you know, as, as divorces do, it makes their daughter Rose cry. And then shit gets weird. Somehow her tears turn Cody and May into dolls made out of clay or wood or whatever and then the game just really takes off man you're introduced to dr hakeem the book of love everyone's least favorite character i think i can speak for all of us when i say that (laughs) yeah he fucking sucks i mean he's just ridiculous and over the top and i i was not a fan but some people love him He's the book of love. The book okay. of love. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. That's better. He's Dr. Uh, he, he was essentially the Joe Pesci and Lethal Weapon, the annoying character. Oh but, my like, God. <laughs> <laughs> that is such an accurate description. <laughs> what a reference. It just didn't work. <laughs> um, and Dr. Akeem, book of love, uh, guides Cody and May through the game into reconciling is i guess the and he guides them through their journey of finding their (laughs) passion for one another just stop although he does call their relationship a relationship at one point which was hilarious totally turned the character around for me (laughs) you know this game obviously has gotten a lot of acclaim recently it was game of the year at every game of the year awards thing that there is it's it's obviously really well made it's the co-op elements are great that's stuff we're all going to talk about i I don't know what else to say about it other than it's just really really fun i mean i would honestly say maybe the weakest point is the writing it's a little it's trying to be lightened for all ages and doesn't always work like the jokes don't always land but everything else is masterfully done like the gameplay, the level design, everything, it is at the highest level. That's how I felt during the game is that gameplay of it was great. But yeah, writing could have been better, but still fantastic. Yeah, so Hazelight Studios, I'll kind of just touch on it quick. They've made two games total like as a studio. Their first game was called A Way Out, which is also another co-op kind of a uh, survival puzzly game on how to get out and how to escape the... I don't want to get in too many deals if you haven't played it, but yeah, you know, you have to escape a, a prison essentially. Is the best yeah, way to you're, say it. you're like you're two prisoners in a prison together, and you sort of learn that you both have, uh, without getting too much into the plot, like you you both have a common sort of enemy outside the prison, and so you start working together to try and escape and go like get revenge on him, basically. And I mean, also just like it takes two, 
very focused on like this is a game made for two players it can only be played two players and like all of the gameplay is focused on like how do you make one person do one thing while the other person does something else to try and accomplish a goal right like you're working together to accomplish each of your goals and in obviously in a way out you are working to like somebody has to distract the guard while the other guy steals a screwdriver and so you can like open the vents and get into the you know air conditioning system or whatever whereas like it takes two is this like crazy fantasy magical world that is a whole different thing but same kind of idea where clearly this studio is focused on like co-op games where two players are working together both games have these like mini games, which we will definitely get into and talk about. From what it seemed like in a way out, it, it was more of two people doing a story driven game where it wasn't too much of this kind of give and take where you both have to work together. It Takes Two did such a good job of both people were essential. You always had to be communicating. You always had yeah. to every every aspect of it takes two is collaboration like you yeah everything the collaboration oh my god yeah yeah 100 percent. you had to collaborate oh chris it's not gonna stop we're gonna be talking like dr (laughs) keaton the whole time i hate him so much yeah so like what what specifically does it takes to do better than like what did they improve on as a studio everything overall it was just a a a more well put together game it had a lot more angles it could come from just with the way like the creativity of what they did with the game i mean a way out it's just basic it's just a basic basically it's like an escape room is the best way to put it and in my opinion it's a video game escape room is what you're doing totally agree uh a way out is pretty much like go to place press interact button at the right time there's slightly more to it than that but i mean for the most part it's like okay to steal a screwdriver it's like you gotta go up and press the dis- interact button by the guard and when you do that i have to sort of be looking at your screen and then when he looks away that's when i press the square button to like stash the screwdriver in my pants or whatever right like a way out continually does that where it's it's most of the time just like pressing the interact button at the right time it's mostly like a walking simulator is what i would say most of the time you are just walking around and you might be walking or crouching to try and avoid a guard's field of view at a certain time or pressing a button at a certain time to avoid something or pushing a cart down an alley or something but like by and large there's not a lot of gameplay there's not a lot that you actually control in the game. You pretty much just like walk to the right spot and click the button. Whereas it takes two is, is a game. Like it is a game through and through the entire time. And like constantly you are working together constantly. You are using your abilities to work through whatever is presented to you. It's not quite as straightforward as a way out. It takes two is way more dynamic than that. Let's get into the gameplay, because the gameplay in this game is what makes it. It's fantastic. Yeah, so you play in vertical split screen with, even though you're like playing over the internet with somebody who's not in the same room as you, you still have the split screen, which honestly took a little getting used to for me, just because 
I don't know, I'd sit at my computer and play with a full screen by myself all the time, and then only being able to use half of it was kind of weird. But, I mean, it's obviously really necessary, right? Because there's a lot of the puzzles where you have to, like, look at what the other person is doing to be able to, you know, time your jump right. Or, like, that one thing in the toy room when you are riding the rail and you have to, like, watch what block is coming up so you can move to the, the button to to raise it the you know the one that matches or whatever yeah they make screen watching a feature of the game like yeah, yeah, yeah. it is extremely important in multiple times during the game to look at the other person's screen and figure out what's going on well the, yeah there's a lot of times in the game where you you can look at the person if it was just your screen and you'd be like oh you're right by it you're by that item or you gotta go this when you when you see split screen you can be like oh you're right by the ball go left you're like left like three inches. You can tell them exactly where to go instead of like across the way being like, you're kind of by it. I don't know how to orient you. It Takes Two wouldn't be impossible to play if you didn't have that. But boy, is it a lot easier with that ability. You know what I mean? Like it just that that would be a thing that would just frustrate the absolute hell out of me if it didn't exist in this game. I think a small nitpick improvement to the game on some sections, it should have been single screen. And some sections, it should be split screen. For example, there is a specific part where you're grinding a rail and one of the teammates have to jump on a certain face. Like there's like a monkey face and there's like different objects that you have to jump on and they have to tell you what to jump on. When it's split screen, you just see where they're grinding and it's like, okay, I see which one I'm supposed to jump on. I think that would be way more fun and way more difficult if someone had to be like, okay, I see these two things. What do you have to jump on? And then they have to quickly decide, okay, I'm jumping on this. Like there's specific parts that I think would have been better on its own, but for the most part. If nothing else, um, I think those parts, you could do an optional thing, right? Like you could do a hard mode to the game where Mm -hmm. like for seasoned gamers, that might be a better thing. It's actually something that I think is really in this game's favor is, I mean, we're all pretty seasoned gamers here, obviously. I think this game is pretty easy overall, but by and large, that's kind of what's so great about it is because if you're a pretty seasoned gamer and you're listening to this and you're like, I would love to play a game with my girlfriend who doesn't really play games, you guys can play this game. Right, which is a thing that we've literally all talked about doing. Yep. <laughs> and you know what's funny is, Garrett, like that specific part, that puzzle that you're talking about, I think is absolutely going to stonewall my girlfriend. I think she's going to have <laughs> such a hard time with that. <laughs> Alex, if you're listening, I'm sorry. If we leave, if we leave this in the podcast. Fair. But yes, I, I, I think the way to solve that issue is what Austin was talking about. Having a hard mode. Well, and get good. But having a hard mode. Yeah, fucking um, get good, Alex. Come on. <laughs> Yeah, we're just bashing on Alex over here. <laughs> yeah, no, Garrett, I completely agree with you. If there if there was if there was an option for like a hard mode, easy mode, I don't know that my enjoyment of the game would be vastly improved, but I do think that I think for some people that would improve the game a lot. Yeah, you can adjust it towards who's playing. Like if I'm playing with one of you guys, obviously we do hard mode, but if I'm playing with someone who doesn't play games, I I do the normal mode and it's fine. But there were so many examples of, like, you fight enemies. They are just, you walk through. They're, they're a joke. At any time, I think towards the end of the game, there was, like, a Guitar Hero thing where you had to press buttons at the right time. 
if that was more complicated, that would have been a lot more fun. It, just having the option. I, I And I hope in the future, maybe they might add that. But this is so nitpicky because I fucking love the game at its base. Yeah, I just, I don't know if you if you made it hard. <clears throat> I don't know. I mean, I this game, I, I liked where it was. I get where you're coming from, where nitpick on something should be harder. I get that. But I think this particular game, like the way it was designed, I think was, well, in my opinion, obviously, it was well done with the, the hardness of it. I think that they could mm-hmm. do a nether co-op game like this and then make it harder and make it, like, have way more complexity to it. Because, I mean they obviously know what the heck they're doing. So mm-hmm. I think, I think what they should do is they should make another style of it takes two and make it just make it like, just slap the face hard. We are, we are sort of making mountains out of hills here. Yeah. I was going to say, yeah. I think, I think let's, yeah, let's, let's talk about what makes this game so amazing. Like we are nitpicking right now, but like the gameplay in this game is phenomenal. Like I, I nitpicked this game, and I know Joe think this is the best co-op game of all time. Hundred <laughs> percent. I'm saying all this negative stuff, but oh, spoiler it's alert, amazing. Garrett, that doesn't come to the end of the video <laughs> podcast. Whatever the fuck thing we're doing right now. By far the by far my one of my favorite games that I've played. Uh, in, yeah. Of recent. One of the things I like the best about this game is. Not level design, but, like, the specific abilities that you get at the beginning of each very different level that, like, tie in really well with that level and, like, the puzzle sort of platforming mechanics that you're doing. It was honestly so much fun. Like, the very beginning of the game, you, you know, one character gets a hammerhead and the other character gets nails and you have to interact with those things, throw them and, and knock them and pull them out and whatever, like... Stuff like that was just great. Yeah, I totally agree. That's really what makes this game head and shoulders above every other co-op I've played is because it has interesting mechanics of how you work together to solve the challenges presented to you in the levels. But what makes it incredible is that every single level, and there's a dozen levels probably in this game, every single level, they give you different abilities and different powers that you can use to solve the problems in that level. And so level one, where you have the hammer and the nail, feels completely different from level seven, where one of you has like a singing voice that you can use to raise up things and somebody else has a symbol that they can throw at objects in the world. And there's a bajillion different things. This game is excellent because it constantly forces you to work together, but every single level feels like something new without being like overwhelming or too complicated. I feel like this this game never feels stale. Like anytime 100%. something's been like anytime you've had an ability for a little bit long, it's over. And now there's a whole different mechanic and it feels like a completely different game. The environment's different. And there's so many times they do this. It's like... It's somewhere around 10 different levels. And the thing is, yeah, this game, uh, I, I'm going to call it pacing. The pacing in this game is unreal. It's the best fucking pacing I've ever seen in a game. Yeah, it's spot on. There is there is hardly a 10-minute span in the whole game of, you know, whatever, 12, 15 hours of playing this game. There's hardly 10 minutes where I didn't have a moment where I went, whoa, that's cool. 
where they showed me something new, where they gave me something different that I hadn't seen before or used my abilities in a way that I hadn't thought of before. It's just constantly throwing new stuff at you. So it's impossible to get bored in this game. Um, like not everything lands perfectly. Again, we're kind of nit, I'm picking nits here. But like, it doesn't matter if you don't like a particular mechanic or a particular puzzle or something didn't make you super happy because in five minutes, you're going to be Kung Fu fighting a squirrel on top of a flying plane. And it doesn't fucking matter. Like the game just keeps moving and it keeps you on your toes. It keeps innovating constantly. I mean, this game is like 10 different games all built into one, but seamlessly connected and and the abilities are never such that you feel like you really have to learn a lot of new. It's like one new button that you got to press and the old stuff is gone. So it's like, hey, that button that did this before, now it does this. Just figure out how to use it here. And they do a really good job of teaching you that thing every time you get a new thing, right? Like they're not railroading you because there is enough open worldedness like places ways to explore the game that you're not just like running in a straight line but like you load into a level and dr hakeem says you know you do this now and then the very first thing you do is press that button you have to press that button to get into the level and that's just a really good way of doing that they could have complicated that a lot more and it didn't need to be complicated and they didn't and it's great no the the level design it's extremely good like the way that they set up as every good puzzle game does is they show you a mechanic and they give you the simplest possible use of that mechanic and then as the level progresses it gets ever so slightly more interesting uses of it until you're completely comfortable with it and using it to solve crazy amazing things and do awesome stuff with your characters just make sure you're enjoying it and always find the mini games. Yeah, let's talk about mini games because there's dozens. I don't know. Uh, what were your, some of your favorite mini games? My favorite mini game was uh, was it the last one we did? I think it might have been the last one we did. You mean the RC cars around the, the RC, track? Yeah, the yeah. RC cars around <laughs> and, the track. Hands down, the best one because it just brings back so many childhood memories. Oh, yeah. Of trying not to launch your car off the track. Yeah, we're doing like a three-lap race, and literally, John just said over and over, man, I miss when I had this as a kid. I'm going to go buy one of these. <laughs> it just brings back all the memories. I was playing with our friend Evan, and Evan, I think, never played with RC cars because he went full speed, went off the track, slowly steady. Slowly <laughs> steady. <just laughs> wrecking. Like, I got this. I couldn't get it, man. Chris, Chris dominated me. I, I was like, I got this. And it was just like, Chris was like, I'm like, well, I suck. <laughs> That's the PS5 tr controller trigger. It's the, you know, the, the pressure you slowly the ease back on it. It doesn't, yeah. it doesn't engage at one point. It engages slowly as you're doing it. Dude, I was going so fast. I might have set a world record. I'll look it up later. We can add it in post. There was also like a the space level. I, I need to take a side. Oh God, what's his name? Moon Baboon. Moon Baboon. Moon Baboon. So How the could best you forget character, Moon Baboon? The best character in this entire game is yeah, Moon agreed. Baboon. Best boss fight in the entire game. And uh, one of the mini games in that section is a platforming level with a bunch of spinning blocks. And you have to jump on the blocks to change the other person's blocks to red or blue. It, it's so much fun. Um, honestly, my favorite mini game was the ice race. 
That was oh that yeah, was that was my yeah, fucking yeah, yeah. jam. Uh, yeah, that just yeah, yeah. It, it brought me back to days of playing F Zero and Mario Kart and things like that. And I just like hitting the little speed boosts along the way was just it nailed it for me. I loved that. Can we talk about how can we talk about how playing this game with a partner works? Like the fact that you buy the game for what is it forty dollars oh and then forty bucks yeah. and then your friend just downloads the partner pass for free the friend the friend pass yeah and then you venmo your friend twenty dollars and you've got this amazing game for twenty dollars what a great execution by the by the studio instead of making both people spend forty dollars you know what with the cheap price i think they yeah they could have probably offered it like i think it was good on i think them. they could have done it but the fact that they didn't i have mad respect for yeah yeah coming from their publisher i it wouldn't have been a surprise if it, oh, if they yeah. would have made everyone buy it yeah ea published this yeah yeah yeah, yeah. like i like i love ea but they're fucking they're money they're money hungry at all times like they want every penny they can get so for them to come out and let and let let hazelite do it with a uh, friend pass was great it made the game just that much more fun and the fact that you can you can do it with infinite amount of friends. You can play the game again with another. It's not like you chose one person and they're locked in. Yeah. Somebody That's else great. can get the yeah. friend pass and you could play it again. And they can play it for the first time yep. and it's just the same. And it's great. I guess let's go into music. What what the music in this game does that's really incredible is it the music is designed to mirror the level design. That's um, exactly what I had written. I don't know shit about music, but I literally wrote like every level, the music feels different based on the level that it's in. The art and the abilities, like the music goes along with the sort of um, the theme and the atmosphere where you are. Yeah, so the composers did that really intentionally. So um, the this game was composed, the music for the game was composed by um, Gustav Grefberg and Christopher Eng. Um, Gustav Grefberg, people would probably know some of his work. He did Payday 2 and one of the Chronicles of Riddick games. And he also did Brothers uh, Tales of Two Sons, which uh, was directed by Joseph Ferris, who also directed It Takes Two. Christopher Eng, he's actually the one who recorded a lot of the music. Grefberg did more of like the music direction and Christopher Eng actually recorded like all the tracks and he recorded a lot of, he tried to record all of the instruments like live. So they're not plugins on a synthesizer or open source stuff that he found. Like he recorded all the tracks himself. The vocal tracks in the game are his wife and kids doing all kinds of stuff. Um, no way that's amazing yeah and that i'm trying not to spoil or anything but there's a pretty significant vocal element like musical vocal element at the end of the game and that is one of either his daughters or his wife or something like that that does that that's so cool yeah i mean i i think the end of the game is probably the best example of music done so well there like there's a whole music element to the end of the game but there's like stuff laying around the room where you can like play piano you can slide down a bass you can start hitting like synthesizer 
And uh, when I was playing with our friend Evan, we tried to play chopsticks on the piano, which is incredibly hard trying to time two jumps, <laughs> two jumps, <laughs> but so much fun. And it sounds so good. And the vocal tracks that go on with that section are so well done. Yeah, I had so much fun playing. So it. one of the so one of the intentional choices they made was the musical style for each level. This is what, sort of what I mentioned at the beginning. The musical style matches every level in sort of a, a textural context so there's a level pretty early on where you are climbing a giant tree you're like outside in the yard and climbing a tree and dealing with like these squirrels and stuff like that they used all wood instruments for that track that's so good. Uh, for that level for all the music for all the sound in the level not just like the main theme over it but like all the sounds that are in that level they used all instruments made out of wood the very first boss fight, you're fighting a vacuum and all the stuff, you're like in a tool shed and everything's very industrial and metal and all of the music is metal. It's heavy metal. The last level is centered around like there's a bunch of musical instruments, but it's like there's like an orchestra theme and a huge pipe organ. And so all the music is done on a pipe organ and it's, you know, orchestral and stuff like that. There is 13 hours of music in this game. Wow. Which is nuts. That's insane. Um, that's that's so much. My favorite thing about the music in this game is uh, going back to the tree level where they recorded all instruments. The bad guys in that level are hornets and you are trying to save the queen bumblebee. It's hard to hear, but very low in the mix for a lot of the score throughout that level is the flight of the bumblebees. Which I oh didn't notice until it was Amazing. pointed out to me by a video I saw with Christopher Eng, one of the composers. And then I went back and like watched some YouTube videos of, of people who had played the game. And you can hear it. If you're listening for it, you can hear it. Is it with bee noises? I hope it's with bees. No, no it's bee not. Noises. It's like the actual oh. like <laughs> it's the actual like string <laughs> arrangement. Anyway, yeah, that's that's kind of all I had to say about the music. Should we uh, should we talk a little bit about how this compares to other co-op games that we've played? Well, it's difficult to compare it because every session of the game is compared to a different game. Like there is a straight up Diablo section of the game, like an action. My RPG favorite, my section. freaking favorite part of the game, <laughs> where it just it descends into that. <laughs> that's yeah. That sort of goes to like so. There's all these mini games, right? But those are just sort of like. Those are just sort of like one button press style things and you're sort of locked into this this deal. But a lot of the times through the level yeah. progression, you are required to play an entirely different style game. Like Austin mentioned it earlier, but there is a Street Fighter simulator on on top of the airplane. Yeah, you fight a squirrel in a fighting game on top of the... Like, this game is a 3D platformer generally right like it feels like something like mario odyssey or mario galaxy right where you're running around and you're jumping and you're using some ability to like jump on platforms and like get somewhere you want to go but the game often you'll just get into a new level and it's like no we're not doing that anymore we're doing 2d platformers like like the old mm -hmm. school yep. like super nintendo you know aladdin and lion king games or, oh, no, now we're doing a fighting game. Or, oh, now, now we're doing a top-down RPG or whatever. They just constantly change not just, like, 
what abilities your characters have, but like the entire genre of the game. There's a there's a section I won't say when it is because I don't want to spoil it, but you just you just play Mario Kart on Rainbow Road. Oh yeah, and if you and if you fall off, Doctor yes. Hakim lifts you back onto Rainbow Road like freaking Koopa in yep. Mario Kart. It's amazing. Yep, me and Evan were playing this, and he's like, "Are they gonna get sued?" <laughs> <laughs> I mean, knowing knowing Nintendo, maybe. <laughs> It's not that close, but like, it's very obviously. Yeah, it's very obvious what they're doing. And they make jokes about it. Yeah. Yeah. Compared to like other co-op games, I think this is the first co-op game that I've played that like, like specifically for two people that you're like forced to play with two people and only two people, you know what I mean? Because like, well, I I mean, Portal 2, obviously, but Portal 2 is so different in the sense that it's like purely puzzles. And like I said, I just didn't, I wouldn't call it fun. It was a brain teaser for sure, but like... Portal 2 is challenging and it's satisfying when you get a puzzle done, but you're not like giggling when you yeah. do anything in that. A lot A lot of these other games are, they could be played with co-op, they could be played single player. Portal 2 is probably the closest because you kind of had to do two players. I mean, there was a single player mode, but... But on, on the, the co-op, it's the closest because not a lot of games want to deal with this. Like having to play with two players, that's the only way you can play the game. It's a risky decision. You have to design two games. You're also limiting your audience. You're limiting yeah. your audience when you're you're forcing them. Yeah, well, some people just don't have people to play with, sadly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. But like what this game does so well, and we've said it before, and I'm sure we'll say it again before we stop recording, but like the cooperative aspect, not just playing with your friend, but working with your friend in a way that you have to do to progress, you know, like unlike Halo cooperative campaign or something where you are the same character and you're just running and gunning and you're both doing the exact same thing. You know, you don't do that in this game. You can't do that in this game. You can't you can't progress through the game that way. 100% 100% agreed. Something this game does just better than almost any co-op I've ever seen is you have to work together. There is no like, oh, if somebody's better at the game than somebody else, then they can kind of do the lion's share of the work. No, 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 no. You have different abilities and you have to use them together in order to beat the level. There's no one person doing most of the work. That's not an option here. You have to work together. And that's, you know, it's built into the story and it's built into like the fabric of the game is like, oh, this divorced couple and they're learning to like work together and be a team again. And again, the story is not the focus of the game, but the way they build that into the gameplay is excellent because you just have to communicate with each other constantly and and learn to uh, help each other at every moment of the game. Yeah, I don't I don't think in this game there's more than 30 seconds where one person is just taking the reins. I think it's no. always it, you're always like even if you're grinding on something and some person gets there early, the next thing you get to you both have to be there, so you're waiting. So there's the only time there's an opportunity for one person to really carry is like during the boss fights and only in the specific instance where like one of you dies and you have to stay alive while they 
smash the Y button to revive yeah, yeah, for yeah, one yeah. or two seconds, however long that takes. You know what I mean? Like, all you got to do is just be somewhat coordinated to not die during that two seconds when it takes for your partner to come back. Yeah, the most solo element of this game is staying alive after your partner dies so that your partner can come back, which is pretty cooperative. <laughs> Again, there's nothing that you can do by yourself to beat that boss fight. Every boss fight you are required to do, one of you is required to do a thing in order for the other one to do the next thing to do damage to the boss or whatever. Yeah, somebody has to set it up and somebody hurts the boss. Yeah. Yeah, the only solo aspect of that is surviving. Like it, it's not it's not defeating yeah, the boss. 100%. <laughs> and again, like there were you know you know what was fun, really fun to me was that I would consider John and I roughly equal in skill and ability playing platform platformers and stuff like that, like this like exactly this game, and there were a couple boss fights where I just could not hang. I don't know what it was, but I just couldn't get the timing right, and I just could, I couldn't I mean, get the, the tower of hell. Couldn't get the spacing. I, you know, the one who got up the yeah. tower yeah okay whatever uh but like i would just die constantly and john had to john had to just stay alive the whole time by himself before we could do any damage and there was there was another boss fight like moon baboon john could not handle and just could not stay no. alive uh, constantly, and i was just constantly like, was dead i was just like just dodging lasers left and right i was playing out of my mind it was great oh that was amazing to watch yeah oh yeah in insert that insert that gameplay into into this section of the youtube video because i was out of my mind i mean i had the same impressive. situation as may of like god it's getting kind of dicey here oh my god it's getting really dicey D get there get there now it's too many lasers <laughs> i can't i can't <laughs> again like so those are like those are like individual moments of one or one of us being I don't know, better than the other. That's probably the wrong way to say it. But like, it happened both ways, first of all, and we're both pretty good at this. So so I didn't feel like one character's job was harder than the others mm -hmm. ever. And, and, no, and maybe, there's, it's not like one character carried the other character. And through. maybe during specific instances, one character has a harder job, but for the overall, throughout the entire game, they are so equal. Yeah, the cooperativeness in this game is great. It just, when we're like at the beginning of the game, with the way Chris was saying with the nail hammer, it was just you you hit the hammer, you hit the nail here, and it opened the thing up. But if you move your your nail too quick, it closes something. I mean, having fun killing your killing your buddy while he's running through it, it's just it's fun. It's just hysterical because he's like, oh, I'm gonna make it, and you move it, and he just gets squished, and he just starts screaming at you, and it's just a great. Yeah, there's time. like there's several sections where you have to like step on a button to make a platform appear, and you just as soon as they jump, you just walk off it and watch them die. It's, it was very funny. It's fun. It was very fun. yeah. It's messing with each other. I I actually really like that about this game is they made the consequence for one of you dying basically nothing. Like, it's like two seconds before they respawn. So they kind of almost encourage by doing that. One, it's great because, again, you can have your girlfriend play or whoever, somebody who doesn't play a lot of video games and they can die. And, like, it's not really a big deal. And also, it allows you to fuck with people and kill them in hilarious ways. And it's not that big of a deal. Like, it's not like you're starting over a 10-minute section. It's like, smash. Oh, you fucker. I can't believe you did that. And then two seconds later, they're back and you're back on track. What about, like, compared to some other, like, puzzle interactive games? I mean, we talked about Portal 2, which is what it is. 
it's kind of the gold standard. But like, I will say, John and I have played a lot of two-player co-op games. We've played Ibn Ab, we've played Kalimba, we've played uh, Biped, we played Lovers in a Dangerous Space Time. Yeah, we've played a ton of uh, games where two players are that are really designed in, in a similar way to this, where it's like it is designed for two players. You have to have two players. And that's how you solve all the puzzles. I'll just say for my part, this game blows all of those games out of the water. Something that's really, really great about this game is there are parts in this game where you have to do a platforming thing like Ibn Ab, where you have to like get on each other's heads and, and throw each other up to get somewhere higher. But that's just, that is a tiny part of this game. And in something like Ibn Ab or in something like Kalimba, it's kind of the same thing over and over and over and over and over again. They just sort of throw different obstacles at you. And this game just constantly innovates, constantly has you working together as a team in different ways. And that makes all the difference in the world to me. Garrett, uh, I'm going to start with you with a question. Is this the best co-op game made thus far? I mean, it's difficult to compare to four-player co-op games because they're just different. But in terms of two-player, yeah, in terms of two-player co-op, yeah, this is the best. All right, Chris? Yeah, yeah, Garrett, I'm with you. Um, It's certainly the best two-player co-op game that I've ever played. Awesome. Uh, Absolutely. It's not really even a question for me. This game is phenomenal. From the art design to the music design to the level design, the puzzles the gameplay, like the platforming, the innovation that goes into every level. This game blows away every other two-player co-op I've ever played. It's phenomenal. Yeah, I'm in 100% agreement with everyone here. It was, it's, it, it is, to this day, the best two-player co-op game. Visually, puzzly, just every aspect of the game was well done. Everything about it, it hands down, is my favorite. Preach the gospel of It Takes Two far and wide, ladies and gentlemen. That's what we're here to do. This game is fucking incredible. Was It Takes Two the best game of 2021? You are going to find out whether It Takes Two was the best game of 2021 on our next episode. Because next episode is we're going to do a 2021, a year in review. Best, worst, and weirdest games of 2021. 2021 was a weird year for gaming. But uh, that's going to be next time on Hidden Doors and High Scores. So until next time, I'm Austin. And I'm Garrett. And I'm John. And I'm Chris. Uh, You can find us at HDHS Gaming on every social media platform. Make sure to follow us on Twitter for notifications about um, when our new episodes are going to be dropping. Check us out on Twitch to see what we're going to be playing and talking about on the podcast. All those links and a link to our Discord will be in the show notes for this episode. Come join us on Discord and, you know, send us questions about the podcast, comments, reviews, whatever you want. Getting distracted by Discord messages as we speak. I was just thinking. Discord news. I was just like constantly like, what is going on over here? While I'm reading that paragraph. So we got an active community. Come join our Discord. Hang out with us. And dibble those babs. And dibble those, and dibble those and babs. Dibble those Don't you babs. dare forget to dibble those babs. <laughs> Don't you dare forget.
your controller into port two.